it's me, Molly, and I'm here with Kieran, and you are listening to The Story Goes. Welcome. Hello, we did it. It's a San Antonio podcast focused on San Antonio people who are working inside organizations who are making a difference in San Antonio. And The Story Goes is really, uh, well, first, it's a collaborative podcast between KLRN, your local public television station. I always do it that way, <laughs> as though I have to. I think they appreciate it. I know. I think it's like I'm ready to do all of their, like, <laughs> stuff. They're all creative. And SA2020, the organization that drives progress towards a shared vision of a thriving San Antonio. And we like to tell a more complete story of the people and organizations who are really moving the needle towards that community vision. And it just so happens that today we have one of those people. Mr. He's looking around. Mr. <laughs> Jeffrey Arndt. It's you. It's you. Oh. We were talking about you. Oh. Jeff, the dude yes. that leads via transit. Um, I feel like you should change your title to the dude that leads. The dude that leads. <laughs> the dude yeah. that, Jeffrey Arndt, the dude that leads. Um, you, sir, are um, enjoyable. <laughs> Number one, let's start there, because mostly we can sit around and chat about Broadway musicals, which mm -hmm. is my favorite. Um, but separately from that, um, you how long have you been with Via? Almost eight years now. Okay, so you've yeah. been with for almost a decade. Yes. So as nearly as long as the community vision has been there. Yes. Um, and you are you came to us from Houston. Correct. Wait a minute. Wait. Uh oh. Jeff, you and I both went to Notre Dame. Yes. Wait. We what? Did. What dorm were you in? Oh, I went for grad school. Oh. Wait a minute. What did you study? Uh, civil engineering. Oh, different. Oh, Isn't that really fascinating? That is. It's totally <laughs> same. You were almost civil engineering. What was it? I studied peace studies. Yeah, so peace studies, civil engineering, almost the same. Thank you for not same. laughing. People usually laugh when I tell them. No. no of course not. <laughs> Immediately my mind got thinking, well, what exactly would that be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. It's just sort oh, of the cool. same. They put us off off campus yes. about, it felt like a mile, which means I walked a mile in the snow yeah. um, to yeah. grad school. What year was that? <laughs> 1902. Well, I confess that I was in the first co-ed class. <gasps> wow. And I was in the same class as Rudy. No, you were the not. Rudy. We can Stop sit here it. and say, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Oh, my goodness. No way. Yes. That's your claim to fame. We're going to cut the podcast there. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm and sorry if I brought it up so early. We well done, Jeff. It's over. I should have said that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What? What a small little Yeah, world. that's very cool. That's enjoyable. But I, I am curious about that then around, have you always cared about public transportation? Well, I grew up in a small Indiana town, not far from South Bend. Okay, okay. okay. Very small town okay. that has never seen a bus, except maybe one mm -hmm. going by on the toll road. One that a kid was playing yeah, with or something. We, right. oh, okay. we were a small town. We had no transit service whatsoever. Okay. Later, they introduced uh, the paratransit service, like our Via Trans. Okay. My father, who was on dialysis for a period of time, would use the paratransit mm, service. Okay. But so I grew up in a town where, you know, there was no thought of transit. Okay. You were in South Bend. You know that the South Bend system, at least when I was there, was rather meager. Right. Okay. We would t we took the bus into downtown to yep. see The Exorcist when oh, it came out, okay. but there were no buses running back to the campus, oh, so we wow. had to hitchhike back after watching that no, movie. No, what are you doing? Wow. <laughs> so, no, don't hitchhike after The Exorcist. <laughs> but I but I was in civil engineering, okay. and uh, without any uh, Notre Dame didn't require you go into especially like structures or right. concrete or whatever. Yeah, and so I went into transportation 
really based upon the fact that that was where the, there were jobs. Okay. Right? It was a growing industry. Right. Got it. Uh, and when I first graduated, I was a traffic engineer and did really traditional what you would think of oh, kind of wow. what um, TCI does. Sure. The transportation and capital improvements people just yes. making the tra traffic go. Yes. Okay. And I worked traffic signals and I would love to be able to work the ones here, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> different. That's a different conversation. Uh, but when I was... In Houston, with that company, okay. Houston Metro had just formed up in 79, and I, I came to, to Houston about that time. And so they were really trying, starting to staff up because they had started from a very small staff. Okay. And having consulted for three years and written reports, and they'd go to the cities, and then you never knew what was going to ha what happened with them. Right, right. You know, it was kind of like I had this desire to be in a place where I could actually do the things okay. that I thought about. Right? Oh, nice, mm. yeah, where you could see them happen. Right, and this was a growing part of Houston, so uh, I went to work for Houston Metro. Got it. Okay. I was originally, I built park and ride lots because that fit my mm. civil engineering background, uh, right? Of course. Very young organization, no silos had been built mm. yet. Oh, and so wow, you could, you oh, I love so much. What is this magic you speak what, of? What no silos? <laughs> so you could move in that organization. Oh, you know, wow. I wasn't, I was not, oh, he's the civil engineer that designs park and oh. rides. So I got to go into planning, and then I got to go into finance, and I oh, went into marketing. Yeah. I got a very, and then I finally went into operations, okay. which was where my heart was, okay. right? right. Mm. So that was kind of the buildup. I think there are times when I think about, um, shoot, if I had stayed into the traffic and highway side, mm. it would have been such a different, um, especially resource environment, yeah, right? right? Completely different resource yeah. environment. But, and not to go into the detail, but there were elements of growing up that made me uh, really, really fiercely wanting to defend people who were bullied okay. and who were all, and, and didn't have opportunity. Okay. And if you think in terms of the broad spectrum of transportation, who, who would be the champion uh. Of those people, it's yeah. a transit system, right? Okay. Transit systems started out pretty much as a service for people who didn't have a car, okay. right? Now we want to see it be something more than that. But. Yeah. So that's really, I think. I I keep thinking. No, I'm glad I didn't do highways, yeah. or I'm glad I didn't do because mm. I've been able, I know, to make really big impacts on people's lives who need to be given opportunity. Yeah. That's the drive. We've talked about this too, that like transit is sort of a the conversation between transit and equity and the idea that if you cannot get to where you need to go, mm -hmm. that it stops you from healthcare and jobs and education and how public transit is such an opportunity then to get you where you need to go. In fact, I always say that uh, VIA is not a bus company. Right. We are a connector to opportunity. Absolutely. That's exactly what we are. Ugh. Yeah, it seems exactly. so obvious when we when you say it and when we lay it out in the way that we do. And we also, it's so profound that you as a leader are so centered in this idea of being a connector and and buses being all of, like lifelines. Yeah. That's immensely powerful. Typically once in every podcast, there's a moment where we just are like, oh, can we sit in that for a minute? We realize <laughs> that nobody actually wants to sit in silence and listen to us contemplate something for a second. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, like the idea that you as the person who leads via transit sits so squarely in, this is an opportunity to connect people. 
When you moved to San Antonio um, from Houston, was the intention like, hey, I'm moving to go to Via Transit? What, what was the thing that compelled you to come here? Well, I had retired from uh, Houston Metro okay. after 25 years, and I went to work for Texas Transportation Institute. Okay. A wonderful, a Texas A&M now, Texas A&M Transportation Institute. Okay. A wonderful uh, research organization. Okay. Uh, but I, again, I was back to not doing. Okay. I was into studying and learning and, 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 and helping small urban and rural systems. And sure. All. That was what I really liked. Again, it was right. always like you know, that, that part. Well, uh, the deputy CEO position opened here in San Antonio. I was called by a recruiter and yeah. I said, at the time I was working for a private bus company, and I said, mm -hmm. oh, I'm, I'm loving this company. I'm loving this job. I've only been here a year. Uh, you know, I have absolutely no interest in doing anything else. Mm. And he said, well, are you ever interested in getting back into the industry per se? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, there's really only four cities in Texas. If you want to stay in Texas, mm. there's four cities, Houston, Dallas, mm. Austin, and San Antonio. Okay. And they have limited opportunities. So if you're really interested, you really need to jump on any opportunity. Mm. Which was very smart of him. Yes. Oh, he recruited hard. He, yes, he did <laughs> right. a good job. He did the right he thing. He did a good yeah. job. So I came here. I interviewed with uh, Keith Parker, who was a CEO at the time. Okay. And I came in as his deputy. In San Antonio and Bear County, we have had a transit crisis. Right. Our mobility in San Antonio um, between complete streets and sidewalks and cars. We're putting like 105 cars on the street every day. Our our community is one of the top growing cities in the United States. We are, when we look at the vision, the community vision, where we said we want effective and efficient transit that helps us walk, walk, ride, or wheel anywhere in our community, we've seen over the course of the last uh, years that we're, we just can't seem to, to turn the, like, turn that dial, and we know that we're putting things into place mm -hmm. that are making that better. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to talk a little bit about sort of the pressure of the public transit space in a community that has said we definitely want to be better at um, multimodal transit mm -hmm. opportunities. Mm. Um, the type of, I, like I hesitate to put this on you, but like the pressure of mm. that space as a leader of that space Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, you know, first of all, yeah, we take what we do as a profoundly mm. almost religion. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, really, yeah. uh, I, I feel that way. Yeah. Uh, because we, I know how important it is mm. for the customers who use VIA today, yeah. how important that is. Right. Um, I'm reading the book, The Fifth Discipline. Okay. Uh, it talks a great deal about system thinking and mm. thinking more mm -hmm. broadly, right? right? And so what we've... What we're doing right now is kind of that. So right. this community made a decision back in the mid to late 70s mm -hmm. to create an MTA. The state authorized that. And the state authorized these cities that were permitted to tax themselves up to 1% sales, sales tax additional. Okay. San Antonio was the first MTA in the state, but we only went for half a cent. Okay. Now, I got to believe I, that in 1977, the mindset about what transit could be and what mobility could be was quite different than it is today. Yeah. And so at that time, that probably the feeling is, well, a half a cent is enough to do what it needs to do. Sure. Right? Right. right. Um, but a half a cent is not enough to do what it needs to do today. 
So system thinking says that oftentimes something happens and we put a Band-Aid on it, mm. and we, but we haven't really addressed systematically mm -hmm. what's happening. Mm -hmm. And how do we know? Because about five years later, we have to find another Band-Aid. Mm. Right. Root causes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right. And so uh, if you think about our freeway systems, right. not just San Antonio. I, I always go to Houston, right? right. So Houston... Uh, the Katy Freeway, they invested $2.8 billion to make it the largest freeway in America, mm -hmm. which I think by definition makes it the largest in the universe. Okay, right, yeah. I can't so imagine I anywhere else having I, a wider freeway. There might be. I mean, yeah. we haven't seen them all, all the planets, true. but That's maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they spent that money. Okay. And five years later, it was taking longer to get from Katy to downtown mm -hmm. than it was before they started uh, construction. Okay. So then, you know, right. I, I asked somebody, so what are, what are you thinking about? I mean, they've basically taken the right-of-way. When you open a door to an office, you step out into a frontage road almost. I right. mean, it's very tight. Right. Uh, well, we're thinking about narrowing lanes. We're thinking, it's always, it's, but it's always like that same thing. Mm, and, right. And yeah. it doesn't fix anything. Right, It right. doesn't fix anything. And it never will. Right. It never has, mm -hmm. right? And so we think that we are part of a system that becomes not necessarily a solution, but an alternative. Yeah, right? of course. I don't know Disruptive. that you'll ever yeah. get away from congestion. Yeah. I like, but we think that, that we can be a part, uh, a realistic part of providing real options so that even if you had a car, there would be at least trips that mm. you would think, oh, I should just take the bus. Yeah, mm. right? Right. Our challenge, and so let me go back to that, because I know that I remember when I first came here, sure. and I went to a 2020, uh, SA 2020 meeting, and they, we were looking at the goals, and yeah. I looked at the goal, mm. and I believe our goal was that we should triple ridership in the yeah, decade. Right. And I looked at folks, and I said, but we don't have a penny more than we started mm. with. Right, yeah, we're and still funding it And so where are we going to triple? Same. How mm. are we going to yeah. triple? Mm -hmm. And there would be ways, like if you eliminated all the service that went out 6410, six, uh, Okay. Right? and put it in here, you right. might be able to, but then think about this. You live inside 410, but these jobs are all popping up, yeah. you know, yeah. out at 1604. Our medical centers. Right. Medical right. centers. You got to get there, right. right? So that doesn't really help either. Right. You know, so we have to be broad enough and we have to serve serve that, and we can't do that with that half cent. You know, our current chair, Ray Saldana, mm -hmm. when he we're, rode... We're mild fans. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. <laughs> rode the system for a month, as we all know. Didn't yes. use a car. Um, Came, came back and said the biggest dilemma is frequency. Mm -hmm. so, and the biggest dilemma of that is dollars. Mm. Yeah, right. If I had the dollars to run more frequent service, I right. would want to run more frequent service because if, if real estate is location, 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 transit is frequency, frequency, frequency. Mm. Got it. That's what attracts people. Mm -hmm. Sure. So he was able to, uh, to sell city council Okay. on sending via $10 million a year in order to enhance frequency mm. on about 18 bus routes. Right? Okay. Let me just tell you that when you get your service to every tw 10 to 12 minutes, because mm -hmm. I call that the sweet spot, you okay. don't look at a schedule anymore, you just go and look. Okay. When we did that on routes that were running 15 or 20 minutes, so not even all that bad, right? right it's not right, like right. they went from an hour to 10, they went from 20 to 10. Okay. We saw ridership increases like 26%, mm. oh, 26%. Wow. Now that's when you could start saying, yeah. okay, now I can see you could really generate increased ridership mm. if you could build a high-frequency network. We know the SA2020 green dividend shows if we all drove one mile fewer per day, we could generate $200 per person. 
in our San Antonio metro region, right? So we would save $200 per person mm -hmm. if we could drive one mile less per day. And in some cases, right, we talk about, maybe that is, instead of me taking my car to all my meetings, I right. take, maybe I drive to work and then I use the bus to get to the meetings for the rest of the day and then right. I get back in my car to go home. I would be curious too, Jeff, when you, as a guy who understands public transit, as a guy who understands it as a connector, there's also just, um, things that we know about getting uh, on the bus or utilizing public transit that are, it makes for a better community. Um, mm -hmm. I think the other day I was listening to Marina Gavito, mm -hmm. who's one of your board members, who said you cannot not create a relationship when you're sitting next to somebody, that there's something about community building mm -hmm. when you're on the bus, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. But we also know too, right, that um, if we are increasing our public transit use, then we are also helping in environmental uh, resource navigation, right? We start cutting down on emissions. We're also then helping in health. We know that yeah. VIA now is offering free rides to what UTSA students, SAC, uh, and Alamo College students just generally, right? So Alamo Colleges, right. Alamo Colleges. Incarnate Word and uh, Our Lady of the Lake. And mm -hmm. we know from multiple conversations in students and surveys that transit, getting, having legitimate, like I need public transit or I need a way to get to my school was a barrier somehow, right? Yes. So there are so many things that we're noticing now. And that's really a nexus because I we, mm -hmm. I think we take great strides. Yeah. Uh, we find a way so that you don't have to pay tuition to go to Alamo right. Colleges. But we don't stop to think, but you got to right. get there and you got to get back. Right. That's right. right. Yeah. And the person who can't afford tuition, right. probably can't afford a car right. and yeah, can't right. afford to park a car. Right. Right. So it's a very uh, affordable housing. Yes, yeah, And right. where it's right. located. Yeah, that's exactly where right. Where it's yes. located. Childcare, you know, books, right? The absolutely. List goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Let me, I have to tell you a story Please. because it kind of goes to this. So I was at the uh, opening of the second bibliotheque okay. on a Saturday morning and a young man came up to me mm. and he said, I just want to thank you for VIA. And of course, then I just get all embarrassed because I am not VIA. Right. You know, there are right. a lot of people that are VIA. Right. <laughs> You're doing it all by yourself in an office. Wait a minute. It's like, I can't take credit for VIA, but I recognize that I'm representing VIA. Yes, of so course. I try I take a deep breath. And he, he told me a story. He says, I've ridden the bus all my life. My, I, I have, my mom was a single parent. Mm. I understand when I was a baby, she would take me to wherever to be cared for. And then... Later, I took it to school. She took it to work. Yeah. Uh, but once I was in school, she went back to school herself. Mm. And she got her bachelor's, and then she got her master's, and then she got her doctorate, which I went, whoa. And she rode the bus all that time. She rode the bus in order to do that. Now, he says, now she has a doctorate. She has a different job, and she bought a car. And I said, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> uh, now, he also told me that he was about to start graduate school. Mm, okay. So think of the impact that on on her life and on his life yeah. that that had. That's oh, what, yeah. you know, that's what really, and whenever I speak to, especially to mm. our operators, because they're the, they're the front line, yeah. I just remind them, and most of them are very, more aware than I am, but I, right. I just feel compelled to remind them that, you know, what you're doing is sometimes lifeline, right? right? right. A, via trans, a via trans driver who's taking someone to dialysis? Yeah. Can't get much more important than there that. There you go. Right? right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's very important. We were just recently in conversation with Paula Gold-Williams who talked to us about being a first-generation college graduate and taking the bus to school mm -hmm. and, and thinking to herself, oh, I, what would it look like if I just 
maybe stop finish didn't go to school right now maybe I just get a job immediately so I can get a car right this is too hard right but persevered through that and right. spoke about sort of the support that she received through the institution as well in order to graduate. Another perfect example of right. what you're describing. Absolutely. It's I know in these individual stories there's so much inspiration to find in this work, which is critical because when we talk about the complex community challenge that is mobility and transit, it can feel so overwhelming. And I wonder then, as the person who leads VIA, what are the things that this organization is doing now that you are most excited about and can point to and say, oh, we are doing the thing, we're moving the needle, okay. and I know we're getting there? So let me talk about the recent past, some of the things we've done in the recent past. So environmentally, we replaced most of our diesel fleet with compressed natural gas buses. Okay. From a NOx perspective, mm -hmm. and NOx is the element that leads us to be in a, in a non-attainment zone. Okay. From a NOx perspective, those CNG buses emit 97% less NOx than the vehicles they replaced. Yeah. Now, they're not the final step because I believe that when those buses get replaced, mm -hmm. we're likely to go into all electric or fuel okay. cell, yes. right? Okay. They'll be right. zero emission vehicles. Right. Okay. Uh, but those, that's a step. In yeah. order to do that, we had to build the largest CNG fueling station in North America okay. on San Pedro. Maybe in the universe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. But maybe. Possible. We, haven't, we haven't checked that out. <laughs> uh, so, you know, very proud of our buses that are red on the outside yeah. and green on the inside, yeah, as we say. Wow. Uh, I'm really proud of the fact that we have taken a really aggressive stance on passenger amenities. Mm. So mm. we've been installing at a rate of about 250 new bus shelters a year on top of what we had. So in the last five years, we've doubled the number of bus, sh bus shelters. Oh. Today, 95% of the people who board a bus yes. are, build, are boarding at a sheltered location. Okay. 90, that's almost unheard of. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, we have more shelters on the street here than Houston has on the streets or Los Angeles yeah. has on the streets. I want to pause there yeah. and have you say that again. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like, right, I, and I, you know, I, I have had a moment about bus shelters. I'm like, if you're sitting outside, you should have a shelter uh, waiting for the bus. And I, I want you to say again, over the course of the last five years, you have doubled, doubled. the amount of bus shelters right. than previously. Correct. In just five years. In and just five years. you have it sort of planned out that that will continue, that that... We are probably reaching a point of diminishing return, which you're always going to do, okay. right? Um, what I will say is that there are some stops that we want to put shelters at, okay. but they have physical barriers or we need land from the okay. adjacent property owner. And so, okay. of course, those are going to take a lot longer, okay. right? Okay. But that's okay. what we're really pursuing. I is appreciate those that. High payoff, yeah. Those high payoff okay. locations. Where people are using it right. and they need it. Okay. Got so, it. really proud of that. Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of the fact um, and thankful. So, I have to be proud and thankful. I'm thankful that the city saw their way to sending us the $10 million. And I'm proud of the investment we've made. And the fact that hmm. uh, over the past, well, since I've been here, um, over the past eight years, we opened three Primo routes, mm -hmm. which in other cities they would call it bus rapid transit. Okay. Uh, we recognize that there's an element of bus rapid transit that is not present with the Primo routes today, okay. but will be okay. present in our future plan. Got it. Nonetheless, we opened three bus rapid transit lines, two of them this year, okay. uh, Zarzamora and Southwest Military, okay. right? Yeah. We've opened facilities like the Stone Oak Park and Ride, which once they complete the construction up, up out there, I think it will be far more successful. Okay. Uh, we just opened a transit center at Brooks, which connects to that 
I just drove, I just went on a tour of Brooks and I, they basically are preparing to sort of make that it's like town square center. Yes, mm. with, yes. With that you know, we've done there. a lot with technology. I think the mo uh, you know, we have the app and all that, but the thing I think I'm most proud of in technology is that today, if you're taking via trans, right, uh, you can go on your phone and you can track your vehicle much like Uber. Okay. Right. Mm. So it used to be that we'd give you half an hour window. You had to be ready at the beginning of the window, and right. some folks would go out and wait at the curbside. Okay, sure. I'm ready. I'm here, and okay. you know the the vehicle would arrive 20 minutes later, still in the window, right, but you're sure. sitting there for 20 minutes. Right. right. Now you can. You don't have to sit out there. You mm. can be hopefully in an air conditioned environment in the summer, yeah. and you can watch as the vehicle okay. arrives. Okay. So that's a great application of technology. The other really innovative application of technology is what we're doing on the northeast side with Via Link. Okay. So, oh, yes. I'm, this is new. Yes, Via this Link is... This is a pilot. It's a pilot. Oh, yeah. But very exciting pilot. Yes, so please. I, I tell the story that in 85, in Houston, we were all talking about, okay, so we, you know, we got the core served and now we need to expand, but the suburbs are so hard to serve because the streets are non-continuous and the uh, yeah. development is not, is not very dense and often the communities are gated. So mm -hmm. even if you lived next to the bus route, you'd have to walk a long way around to get there. Right. All these things. Uh, and it's just, you know, buses just don't work there. And there was this gnashing of teeth and wringing of hands and it was industry-wide. Right. And then what the industry did for the following 30 years is put 40-foot buses in the suburbs. Right, exactly. Right. And so right. I would say, so we had good, bad news and good news. Mm. The good news, we were right. It doesn't work. The bad news is, we were right. We it doesn't did. work. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have, we are testing, okay. piloting. Yes. Something I think can be very effective. Uh, and it, it would be, I think the easiest way to describe it is general population via trans. Or the other way to think about it is it's, almost like Via's Uber. Okay. All right, so there's an app. If you live within this 17 mile square, 17 square mile service area, you use the app or you call and you book a trip and it's gonna, it's very much like Uber. It'll send back the, the license number, the name of the driver and the make of the vehicle. Okay. And it'll tell you what time that vehicle should be there. And again, it you okay. can follow it. And about what time you'll be dropped off. Okay. Right? okay. Uh, and then when you're dropped off, it will come back and ask you to rate the driver. Right. So it's very similar to that, but the, the advantages. So the area where we put, we were running three bus routes, but each just once an hour. Yes. So now you can take that, that uh, via link, sir, anywhere in the 17 square miles area. And okay. at the southern tip of that, there is a, a NACO pass point where you can then connect to the mainline okay. bus service. Okay, to take so, you somewhere else, yes. got it. It's far more flexible and it, and we're using vans, we contract uh, for yeah. the service, we're using vans, which are far more in scale with a suburban <laughs> You have to you put know, a giant bus down than, my street, right? right. <laughs> right. So, you know, that's, that's yeah. another thing that I'm really excited that okay. we're doing. We like to end all of our podcasts with a call to action. I realize that I'm assuming one call to action is, hey, we need more than half a cent. <laughs> I, I'm going to just guess that that might be, might be one of them. If somebody's listening to the podcast, they're like, hey, I'm learning a little bit about VIA. What do you want them to do? Well, I want them to reimagine VIA. Mm. All right? VIA of 2010 and the VIA of 2030 mm. would be like, mm. I'll use the comparison, a kitten. Uh-huh and a lion. They're okay. both cats, right? but they are dramatically different, different yeah. cats, right? right? Yeah. Just 
it's a completely different world yeah. than what we have today. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second thing I'll say is, as you become familiar with Reimagine, you will hear, I'm certain, uh, the discussion of funding raised because yeah. that half cent we have is fully dedicated to what we're running today. Okay. And we'll need the support of the voters for whatever that mm, might be. Okay. I mean, if there's a place that will envision what could be, <laughs> it might be San Antonio, I think, uh, as we um, move uh, into sort of imagining what our future looks like. I love that you're like, hey, imagine what our future transit could look like. And right. see yourself in it. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for doing this. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you coming on and like letting us know what's happening and then also how somebody can just like jump on board and like figure it out, see if it works for you. And if it doesn't, they call yourself. Is that, that's how it works? They just call well, yourself. Well, there is a number, and yeah, there's a number to call. <laughs> um, I appreciate it so much. Everything that you heard about today is at klrn.org slash the story goes. Um, and we'll make sure to link all of the reimagined stuff there as well. Um, so thanks. Thank you so much. Thank we, both, both of you. Frequency, frequency, frequency.